Hey guys, this is Steven, and I want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, which is Anchor. Anchor is free and super user friendly, as well as it is a platform that distributes each episode to all the streaming platforms that you love, such as iTunes, Spotify, and many more. Last but not least, it also has all the tools in the app itself to help you start your own podcast today. So start your very own podcast today by downloading the Anchor app that is free as well as you can go to anchor.fm to get started today on your amazing podcast you've been waiting on to do for so long. Thanks, guys. I'm Steven. This is my co-host. Hey, this is Amber. This is Poema Podcast, guys, where we like to have a ton of fun. We like to laugh hard and play harder. It's just all about having that creative space where we can just be ourselves. So, who's in for some good times, some hard laughs, some big cries for being new? I know that we are. So, uh. Welcome to our podcast, where we can encourage and inspire creatives to be creatives with conversations that answer real questions and get to the heart of everyone's reason. Welcome to Poema PDX. And today we have our guest from Montana, Alex Iverson Cress, aka Cressness. <laughs> All right. So, Alex, tell us about yourself. Like, a broad, broad question, but I'll try my best to answer that. So, my name's Alex. I have been a photographer for about three years now. Uh, I started back in 2015 now, uh, but I would say the last like three years when I really started using my camera on a regular basis and shooting. So, it took a while to really get into the habit of I think doing a lot of shoots and reaching out to people, but I know uh, I, I know one of you was planning on asking me what my photography story was. Stephen said that I was supposed to ask you that, so yeah, <laughs> let's, let's do that. I pass the baton. You know, I start the intro. The baton has Emperor been. Emperor does the rest. Yeah, I am. Okay. I talk a lot, so he's trying to rein me in, but I'm a talker, so I want to hear your story. I I do want to mention that. I went on your Instagram and I saw your pictures, um, your photographs, and I love how the photograph, I mean, it's incredible. I was stunned. I literally had a look, I thought I was just going to like look at a couple and I was just kept going. Like it was amazing. And I love how there's many of them that look like they could be paintings. Like it doesn't even, it almost doesn't look like a photograph. It looks like a painting and that's meant to be a compliment. So I hope it is. No, I, Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, it's uh, my work's come a long way from the beginning. You know, I uh, I still kind of see my work as a as much in progress right now, and I feel like there's a bit to go as far as like where I want to be. 
but I do find myself very happy that I like got myself involved into photography at all. It was most definitely kind of a uh, unexpected development in my life. I, I knew from like high school that I wanted to first and foremost do something artistic and at the time I had been someone who had taken art classes like year after year and had just loved to draw. I loved doing ink illustrations. I was super into that and I never had an interest in photography, but I had graduated high school and I knew that I'd wanted to move to Portland. It was around that time I discovered the work of several photographers who absolutely changed my life, I think, in a way that is kind of surprising because it just their work was so interesting, so surreal, fascinating. I didn't know photography could be like that. Um, you know, I discovered people like Kyle Thompson, Alex Stoddard, Brendan Burton, Lysiel, David Talley, Rosie Hardy, all these photographers like made it big on Flickr back when Flickr existed. Uh, <laughs> my space, the photography. Community. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anymore. But for a while, it's really big and they do these meetups. And these photographers that I was inspired by would meet up and they all went out to Oregon and they all shot and went and explored out there and they eventually moved out there and like I already wanted to move to Portland but it was I think seeing these photographers do these incredible pieces of work and me thinking I have these ideas in my head that I would draw already on paper I'd always do these really surreal drawings to really I think uh get to a point where I am now to where I can really act upon a lot of these ideas and concepts that are in my head and it just took I mean years worth of going out with people and shooting them and giving me a chance to to learn um so I mean that's essentially if if we're at going over the whole question of <clears throat> what's my photography story how do I get here uh it would definitely be me reaching out to people and, and shooting and and getting really frustrated and mad for a while because I just felt like there was so much I wanted to do and so little I knew but I never could give it up and I kept at it and eventually it started turning into better and better work which caught the attention of more and more people which got to a point where I was able to go ahead and start building out a community of people who I met through photography, whether it was that they were models or painters even, you know, it was just such a, an amazing thing. So to answer your question, uh, that's how I really got into photography. That's how I got to where I am now. And when you say where I got to where I am now, where are you now? That, that story. We need that story, too. The modern story yeah. where I'm actually... Well, I, at this point, knew what, that 
where I needed to go was a place of full autonomy. Like I knew that I needed to be a self-sufficient freelancer of some sort to some capacity. And so where I am right now is I'm living in Montana. I'm working uh, this job where I've been able to really kind of invest a lot of the money I've saved into a lot of my photography work and work on my photography and business in a way I haven't been able to before. So uh, where I see myself now is in a really good position this year to become a, I think, uh, more of an entrepreneurial focused person and get closer to uh, being able to make a sufficient living through this kind of work. Wow, that's awesome. You had a couple questions for me. So um, how would you describe your photography? My photography is hard to define. It's not quite the way one would describe a nature photographer or simply even a portrait photographer. I'm drawn into an area that's kind of known among other similar photographers as fine art conceptual photography conceptual being that a lot of my projects a lot of my ideas have a lot of story to them and they tend to have a very strong concept uh, i do work in a lot of like portrait style type of uh i think photographs as far as like where my work goes but uh, i have a lot of dark surrealism that goes into the work too so it's it's hard to describe my photography as kind of a mix of what I would call a cinematic movie of what I would love to create as a representation of the life that I see kind of around me so <laughs> wow. that's awesome yeah um so you say like you you tend to shoot based off of like concepts, which is like really cool. Some of your art is like, it's very unique and I love that about it. Like it's really like my favorite art to like see, like Amber was saying before, she like looked at it for the first time and she's like, I can't stop. <laughs> like it was yeah. just yeah. scroll, scroll. She's like, what, what's happening? Like this is like so incredible. So like. Do you base it off of, um, I don't want to go into like politics or anything like that, or like social norms, but like, is that like an influence for you? Like what, or is it just based on like, you just see something, you know, like I can really make that into like a cinema space that where I want to have um, this specific photo shot. Like if you see a, a warehouse, you see a waterfall or I see a big hay, a stack like the one of you um where your hands are up and your legs are out and you're and all you see is your hands and hands and legs like what what kind of pushed you to do a piece like that <laughs> uh, i mean a lot of this work is very much what you had mentioned before it's kind of a subversion of cultural norms i am kind of obsessed with taking societal like norms and 
pieces that we're accustomed to and making them surreal in some way, a little bit off-putting and a little bit unexpected. To go and kind of unsettle people, I think, is one thing I really like to do about my work. And so generally what sparks these ideas are how I, in, in a world in which I have all the surreal abilities to kind of create my own narrative, it's, it's a lot like that. So, you know, if I want to make myself levitate in the air, you know, I want, I want to do that, you know, I want to do some kind of crazy if I want to go ahead and put someone who's, you know, just, just, I, I love that just to juxtapose the unusual things that you wouldn't expect to see in very normal or ordinary circumstances, whether it's in the forest or in the city. So, so you it's, yourself to be like the Tim Burton of photography. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's a very high compliment. I would say that there are a lot of great Tim Burton's of photography, but I'm definitely aspire to that kind of uh, <laughs> a little bit of dark type of surrealism. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, yeah. I think you shed, you shed the light in the darkness and you, and you also let the dark be dark, which I think a lot of people have a hard time with that because they, they want to be so focused on the hope aspect. But like, you know, the dark times are meant to be dark and like hope wouldn't be hope if, a, if there was not the hard, dark times, you know? Right. So like, and also like when you're in the dark, light is offensive just naturally, you know? So, yeah. And I think that's, I think that's a really interesting point too, because I think other times my work will reflect a very dark theme with usually some underlying message of hope under it. So I definitely feel like there's contrast in my work to otherwise very bright settings with bright colors with very, very like conflicted subjects in my photos to people who seem to have a sense of hope and photos that tend to look a lot darker in nature so do the the subject i'm totally going off the list Stephen. sorry this is what i do do the the subjects that you photograph do they cause you to see their colors does that make sense i do think that makes sense i and to pair the people who I work with to the subjects in my head. And that takes a bit of work knowing who would really fit into a concept. And sometimes I'll actually go into a shoot with a couple of journalized ideas with someone who I want to work with, who has been on my list of people to uh, get down and shoot with. And we just kind of do that. I kind of get an, I, f- I get a feel for the kind of modeling what they are really good at portraying. And then I will go ahead and take one of the concepts in my head and I will go ahead and apply it to that person to, I think, most aptly get what's in my head. So do you find so, the person or the concept first? Is it always the concept first? Or does sometimes the person come first and then the concept or a mix? 
It's a mix, but I would say that models definitely come first quite often because there's a lot more on the side of people reaching out and kind of planning things and then me kind of thinking about a concept that would fit them. And so I pull out one of dozens and dozens of folders I have on my phone of photos for like each specific concept. And I will take that model and find that one. So, and I like to include, I think a model's input into an idea. Sometimes I've done concepts that have been based off what the model has, because I think the beautiful thing about a concept is that when you have someone who's a subject in your photo and they really feel something and they want to share it and you're able to capture that, you get something that's almost, uh, I mean, it's so much more than just something that was your idea. It's suddenly a combination. It's something that they had a vision of and you captured it and you edited it and it's it's really beautiful. It's, yeah. I think that's just it. I think you see beauty in things that somebody else might look past. Like you're able to kind of see something that maybe, like we couldn't. That's your gift, you know? It's definitely a gift because again, I was your photos are stunning. They're like breathtaking. So it it was amazing. And my mom was a photographer for her whole life. So I know a lot about photography. Um, and I and there's something about your photos that there's not, I guess, earthly words for, if that makes sense. Like there isn't a word in our dictionary that can describe it. It's, <laughs> it's just yeah I can't even try so it's it's a gift that's all I can say on that so is it my turn to go down the list uh, um, no, it's um, <laughs> my turn Steven's turn good off the hook so, yeah Amber so stop talking no never <laughs> edit that not you know what you wouldn't want me to stop talking you loved me you can edit that out but it is true Keep it in the podcast. Keep it in. <laughs> Keep it in. <laughs> wow. When the, first, the only time Alex actually doesn't cut out is right there. <laughs> I know. I know. Maybe that's a sign. I don't know. I'll take it for whatever it is. <laughs> Keep it. <laughs> so Alex, it's hard. Yeah. I have a lot to say. <laughs> this question. Um, all of the many people we already have interviewed prior to this. Um, but we always like encourage like to share like the the point like I know that we worked together before but I know Amber doesn't know that whole story of like you working with me in property management and then taking the leap to go into the full-on um immersion of now your photography career um so like can you shed some light into that like how did you go from the nine to five in Portland to now working in Montana and in like a really great opportunity space. And yeah, you don't have any time. Like you definitely can like use up a lot of this time for that story. Well, <laughs> uh, when it, it comes to where I was last year, it was, you know, we were in the middle of April. And I was working with you, Stephen, back in an office that can only be described as a little bit stressful. But at the same time, 
I, I did enjoy that, that job to a good degree. And I had a stable home and a place to live. And I had friends who I hung out with outside of work. I remember that me and Stephen would go out once a week to his house and play Diablo because <laughs> yeah, dude. Th- Good there was cereal and you had cheese on top of cheese pizza to yourself. It was the best. We would, yeah, we would, we would drink so much and we'd eat so much. And I, I'm very fond of those memories. I was thinking about that uh, a week ago to myself that I wanted to do more. I saw how far I had come moving up to Portland, and I knew that I wanted to extend that, you know, as far as like. My, my goal of being a photographer, of being very immersed in and being just an artist and traveling, I, I had this whole vision in my head and I felt like I was getting slow at achieving those goals. And it just felt right after a couple of events during that year to make a big change, do something bold. And I wanted to really risk everything because I, st- I was young and I knew I wouldn't be young forever. And I, as much as I loved Portland, there was so much of the world I haven't seen. I hadn't even seen the East Coast up to that point. So I began reaching out to a couple of friends who lived around and other photographers and models. And they all kind of encouraged me to jump on the idea of taking a summer to travel to save up my money and do that. And at that point I had saved a good amount of money. I was actually car searching, which took me months to do. Before that, I just rode the bus (laughs) and everywhere where I like bumped Steven for a ride. And that that was great and all, but I so desperately wanted a car and so desperately wanted to travel. So uh, last year, uh, was actually quite amazing for quite a few reasons, but it all really began when I decided that I was going to give up my room and I was going to move out of my house and I was going to downsize what I owned. And I was going to quit my stable job and wow. source of income and take the money I'd saved and then travel around the country. And I did just that. And I felt this absolute kind of freedom that I had never felt before while embarking on that trip because there was no responsibilities that I had been holding onto myself for so long. What mattered was me going out during the day, meeting out with a different model or photographer who I had been in contact with, shooting with them, and going to another place after that. And it took me from California to Texas, Tennessee, Virginia, I was, uh, I mean, I went up to New York City and all the way up to Maine. I went through Canada, Wisconsin, Montana, and I eventually ended up back in Portland, Oregon. But during those months, I felt this sense of freedom and I felt like I grew so much as a photographer. I'd made so many friends on that journey that uh, made it feel like it was worth it. You know, it was, I took a big risk and it paid off. Not to say that like I ended 
trip and a financially stable, smooth transition back into Portland. I didn't. <laughs> I, I was so broke when I got back. Uh, I didn't make as much money working on my own and traveling, but that was all okay for me because what I got out of it was so much. I, yeah. I just urge anyone who has ever thought of an idea that they knew would give them out of their comfort zone, but wasn't sure that they wanted to take that plunge to just do it because I became really used to uncomfortable with not having a permanent home and traveling and meeting people and like just kind of being on your own there's this like you spill this sense of self-sufficiency that I mean I couldn't imagine doing this years ago so anyways to kind of answer Stephen's question you know that's what I've been up to this past year and Mm -hmm. I went from working with him to catching up on a phone call every couple months to find out how we're doing and get these like big progress reports about how we're trying to achieve our own goals so that's awesome yeah it's been awesome man well I mean just what you said is going to inspire I think a lot of people that are sitting on the fence right now going you know I'm I'm at this job I have this security but I have this dream and I mean it's so cliche to say follow your dream in a way um, but I think you just put it in words really well that just, just take the risk, the risk, you know, the benefit outweighed the risk in this scenario for you. And you just decided that I'm going to do this because I'm, and I love how you are young. I don't know your exact age, but I'm slightly older than you. And I wish I had that mindset when I was your age, um, because I didn't. I knew I, I could take a risk. I, I ended up being a single mom really young, so I had a different set of cards or whatnot. But so the risk I would take would involve a child at that point. And so I decided to stick with this steady, somewhat steady job and raise my kid. But um, And I don't regret that decision ever. But I think that if I had been your age without having had a child, um, I would have probably taken that risk. And I just think it's cool that somebody your age can have that mindset already that is so far beyond, you know, your years. I think that's incredible. That's probably part of the reason that you're so successful, which brings me to my next point or question in your success, because obviously you have success in this. You have accomplished something that not everybody that sets out to do this path can, you know, um, how do you, or does it even matter to you, remain humble in in that confidence and in that success? Oh, I'm not humble at all. You're not. You just don't even care. <laughs> You're just like, no, I am amazing. <laughs> I I wish, to a degree, I wish I had that, like, Kanye West blood, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> I, I think that would be amazing to have that sense of, like, cockiness in in my own self because you know he gets away with it because he does cool stuff he, he puts out good music I mean he gets away with so many things that 
no one else would, but it's Kanye. You know, when it comes to myself, I I feel that there are a couple of things apart of my personality that just kind of will perpetually keep me feeling humble. And a lot of that is the standards I put on myself on where I need to see my work. And if I don't meet those, it doesn't matter how much progress I've built. I think about where I need to go. And so I don't really have time. I don't really internalize my accomplishments very much. As much as I try to, I still think about how far I still need to go. And that, I think, is in, in a way something that many other creatives have felt. I think even just in general, entrepreneurs have felt, anyone who's wanted to be ambitious. But it keeps me feeling very humble about where I am and where I want to see myself. And at the end of the day, I'm just a random person on this planet who's just trying to go ahead and like create things that he has in his head. And I've just been very fortunate to have put in a little bit more time than some, you know, other people. So I've gotten a little bit more custom as far as what I'm doing, but I still have no idea what I'm doing. I've actually been very fortunate to become friends with a few people who have inspired me over the years. And I've had many conversations with them who have the same mindset. They're so good. They're technically like complex in, in their editing and they know what they're doing and they have this like unending amount of information when it comes to cameras. And yet they barely know how they pull off a photo. And I think that's kind of the beauty of it. There's a lot of technical inexperience to it, but there's also just a bit of circumstance. And when you really get the right setting, the right mood, things fall together. Um, you don't even have to be very skilled. You could have an entry level camera and uh, a couple months worth of experience maybe, and get a photo that could be at the same level of quality as someone who's been doing it for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Beauty of yeah. it all. So have you experienced um, the other side of that, the other side of success? Like, have you had the critical people, you know, that come after you and say, you know, I didn't like that picture. Like, how do you handle that? Are you talking about my parents or? <laughs> <laughs> no, d not your parents. I am not one to go after anybody's parents. I don't need any email from your folks. <laughs> I love your parents. For the record, your parents are awesome because they raised a cool son. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. My parents are great. And they've actually have over the last couple years become incredibly supportive of my work. Awesome. And it's actually surprised me because I've had low points and I've had them just come in and be like, you know what, Alex, you know, I don't care what you think right now, you're going to do it. All right. Because you're a great photographer. All right. They are honestly very supportive, awesome. but what, when it comes to, you know, the more critical sides, the more, I think, humbling sides of what I do, uh, it comes down to, I think, how I share my work. Like many other photographers, it goes on social media. It's a, it's a great way to build an audience out there, connect with other people. But 
you know, I think that there's a level of insecurity that you get because you're constantly looking at work that you think is better than yours. And there's a lot of, a lot of that comparison going on. And even sometimes you get a rude comment or a very horny man who thinks that you're one of the models who messages you. That's kind of gross. Do not message me. You're going to be sending me a picture of moi All right, I'm not the person you think I am. But there's a lot, I feel like, of self-criticism too. I probably share on social media, one out of every 15 photos that I edit. And the other 14 won't see of a life day for, I mean, ages. I'll re-edit photos on a pretty constant basis, depending on what I do. I never settled with one edit. I go back to my source. I re-edit it. I retool it. I just find myself steadily improving in my work. And sometimes I get stuck on a photo and I just go back to it. But those are real things that amount to a bit of a downside to what I do. It can be hard to motivate yourself or engage with people when you're going through a bit of a, a slump, I guess is a great yeah. way to put it. So what do you do? Do you go back and look at the, the, the ones that you've edited that you're, that remind you of why you do what you do? Or how do you get through that when that happens? I constantly have to feed myself information in the form of things that inspire me. So I will go on YouTube and I will watch photography tutorials. Mm-hmm. Um, I will watch vlogs. I will go ahead and read through screenshots of people who have messaged me to compliment me on my work. I actually screenshot every message that someone sends me, um, every really kind, super thoughtful comment, because it's great to go back to and remind yourself that just because one photo isn't up to where you want to be, it's not an exact attack on everything else that you do. Exactly. Because even the most talented person can come out with maybe a photo shoot where you didn't get the photos you're looking for. So that's that's, that's why super I do. encouraging. That's that is awesome because I think I'm thinking about um, the people that will listen to this, and some of them are probably sitting in that spot. Nice. <laughs> People yeah. who are listening to this won't see what I'm showing, but my phone is constantly wow. full of photos that I have never shown anybody. And Ooh, me and Steven are the first to see these. What a privilege. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, I just I think that it's it's a good word for those because obviously as you grow in this and as you get older, um people are going to begin to look up to you and then you're going to become the mentor instead of the mentee or whatever the word would be. So people are going to start going, how did he do this? Like what were his, you know, tricks when he got discouraged, you know, so those words are going to encourage those that are listening that want to be photographers and know that sometimes it's not all success. There's always those pitfalls along the way, you know, it's just like valleys and hills, man. Like, you know, I know like, I can relate to on so many levels. I'm not a photographer. I'm a, I, I sing. And so, but I write music and 
like I was talking to Steve earlier, like I've written so many songs like partway and they just sit in a binder in, in my room and I don't go back and look at them every once in a while. And then I put them back away. You know, it's just one of those things where you have to constantly be processing in your brain. Like they're not all going to be good, you know, <laughs> but then you'll have that one that's gold and you have to remember that and look back to that and go, okay, this is why I do what I do. But, um, which brings me to my next question, which it says I have like three in a row. And that's, that was your fault, Steven. Um, how do you think <laughs> something as wonderful as Poyama would help you as a photographer? What could Poyama, um, do in your life to help you? Well, I think anyone who listens to this podcast would be able to go ahead and get quite a bit of value from the information that's discussed here. Just as a lot of, I think, and this is for photographers, so people who are listening to this podcast who are in uh, different kind of artistic or creative fields, uh, this will also kind of ring true. But we all have found that places like YouTube and Instagram and other, I think, socially engaging apps have given a wide platform for learning and understanding your your area of expertise in a way that took a lot longer. Maybe you had to go to a college and take courses on that subject or check out books or, you know, in the early days of the internet, you know, go on websites to find what you know someone might have said about a certain topic but we live in such a robust period of information sharing but one area that i've been desperately wanting to find uh podcast for you know uh, or subjects that matter to me i guess is in this field that you are in as podcasters because there is so much information that i could just listen to in my car Mm-hmm. and be able to get these great perspectives. I love a good conversation. I love hearing from other people who are doing similar things to me. Nothing gets me more excited. So that's what I love about this idea, this podcast that you both have, is that this is a platform that you both are taking advantage of. And I could honestly listen to every podcast that you put out for the sheer fact that it interests me and there's nothing else I can find like it. There's, I, I cannot find anything that isn't some type of like true crime murder podcast series or some like political <laughs> satire comedy show. It's just, it's just, it's just perfect. And, yeah. and so, yeah, I think what you guys are both doing is important. Awesome. I know I get so stoked if I'm like, click on a podcast and it's like oh this person talking to this person about this subject and it's something I'm passionate about and I'm like oh my gosh it it makes me so happy like I I put on my makeup in the morning and I listen to podcasts and I'm educating myself while I'm getting ready for work it's like the best thing it's I don't know I I feel where you're coming from on that it's like you as a photographer I'm sure there's a million names you could name off of creatives that you would love to hear from their perspective their ideas how they got from point a to point b i mean this is just i mean the tip of the iceberg really (laughs) absolutely yeah 
thing, Alex. I just like I love to hear. I've heard these these stories like before, but like to be able to reiterate it again is like really cool. Just to hear the the perspective, like you've you've said in the past, like there's never such thing as a perfect photo. There's never such thing as you know enough editing that you can do. Like you have to find a spot that you're okay with it, like or you're okay with the stopping point. Same with us as musicians, like we can mix and master song, but like at the end of the day, like you you have to let it free, you know, like if you're just like let it just be sitting in your computer all day long and not share it with the world, like what the hell are you doing it for? You know, yeah. like like yeah. the the heart of it is like to to give and like to be able to give back to to creatives and like to put that edge on there to or to give hope or to be able to stir people's minds because I think that's so, so important. I think people that have this like group mentality of thinking, they just need to like freaking get their worlds like flipped on its head because you know <laughs> that's a place where like an individual is able to have a, a thought and like I think it should be validated and I think we don't tend to think that like in this world as like a group think kind of society. Um we just like want everyone to like be sheep that are going off of an edge and like dying. It's kind of silly and sad. That's kind of like my my way of thinking of the typical um, job. Like unless we we are working towards a certain way. Like and as you were also saying, I'm sorry. Like I didn't have opportunity to talk in the in the process of you um, sharing because I just remember like since you came on saying like all the cliche quotes like that you hate so much <laughs> it's so great but, like, you know how much i hate platitudes <laughs> <laughs> just, like, hopefully amber, i didn't do any oh my gosh <laughs> like amber was saying like don't let your dreams be dreams and like you know your dreams become a reality and stuff like like even though those things are not like the they're true and like they're cliche, but like for you to take that that leap really helped you to see how far and how much it was worth it. You know, like the question you have to ask yourself is, is photography or is music or is actually being able to experience life, like just to be able to do it, because we all know that we all make more than enough to live on. We just don't have we don't have the courage to take a step and like actually do that. You know, like when we do that, like I know that we're taken care of so much, and like all of our needs are already are they're already there, and like we just have to be open to receiving them. And I think a lot of times we're so closed off because we're like we're so trapped by fear, which we talk about all the time, and like the the complete lie of it, and like how we can really let that be the ultimatum in our life, and that's so sad because there's people that are like you and I and Amber who just love to go out and be creative and do these kinds of things. But we're like, what if our boss hears this? What if, yeah. what if someone that we like actually want to hear this, listen to this and they, they judge us. Why does that even matter? You know, like who, who cares at the end of the day? Because like, it's, it's not a matter of trying to impress all, but we're going to be able to reach the specific people that are going to be our niche. And I think that's what you have so much in your in your uh, 
in your photography like lane like it's so cool because I I can't lie like at the beginning I was like okay like this is really different and I was just like caught in off guard and I was like but there's Alex is really different as well so like this is this is great I just got to figure out what what different that means like because just because I just don't see things the same way that you do doesn't mean that you're wrong doesn't mean that you know that I'm into that so like, <laughs> like I have to take it in consideration of like when I when I actually took the time I'm like okay what the hell is this Alex and you're like like this and this and I was like whoa like I didn't even think about that like when you were when we talked for like three hours on the phone after you got back from your trip that summer out like it was just like such a great like refresher of like wow like he did it and he's back in Portland and yes shit got real when he got back into Portland <laughs> like but you know it's for readers at home if you don't know the background of that I <laughs> had my car broken into last October oh no so I lost my laptop with my photo archives, my guitar, passport, and other things. So it was pretty rough, but uh, it didn't stop me for too long. It honestly, um, it's just something that kind of happens in life. And so <laughs> I, I have been recovering from those losses since, but uh, back to what Steve was saying. No, it's really good to like be able to share that too and like you were able to see the community that like was around you that you were able to build in that summer because you were able to start a GoFundMe and like you had people that were like donating from all over and you're like wow like I have all these supporters I didn't even know or like family that I haven't talked to in x amount of years but they're like still wanting to be part of this and like I think that's then we all need to know as creatives or as entrepreneurs or as people like it's generally as freaking human beings that like we all have a support system and like we all like are not alone like I think so many times we we can feel like we're alone and like we don't matter and all this stupid bullshit like no like we do matter and like what we do matters so we should like definitely strive to do it with with excellence as well as like do it with the the knowledge that like people give a damn about your work you know like people actually really look forward to seeing your stories posted or seeing your posts or like hearing what's going on in your life it's not a matter of just like okay well I guess I'll just throw this out there if we if we just did that we would just be just taking a photo and putting on Instagram and like just thinking about our day but like we have a we have a pride in our work as well as like we want to be able to show things off like with a joy and a confidence. Mm -hmm. So that's like and, so and cool. Humbleness, yeah. I was thinking when you were talking about like the cliche of follow your dreams, which I did point out was a cliche. I'll have you know. But, <laughs> but I <laughs> yes, think what friend. people forget is like when you say that, like follow your dreams, like people have this American dream or whatever. And it's like butterflies and rainbows and you just follow it and everything's great. And then reality hits. Rubber meets the road. And it is not. It is hard work. And so, like, there are, the like, I guess half of 1% of people in this world that everything's handed to them and it's easy and they just kind of have this great life, right? But the rest of us, we have to work really hard 
And when you're creative, like, you almost feel like, (laughs) I don't know, at least for me, like, everybody is supportive of my creativity and my singing and things like that. But not one person has ever said to me, you can make a living doing that, that I believed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I'm so self-critical. I'm like, how could I ever make a living off of just this one thing? And, you know, and it's hard because you have to put all of that work in and you have to put your only your best forward because if you put anything less, then it's not good enough in the world that we live in. So I don't know. It, maybe it's overcoming that world <laughs> that will get you over that hump, you know, or not caring. Haven't figured it out fully. There's a character uh, in it's also named Philadelphia who whose name is also the name of uh, <laughs> of the actual actor. Uh, Charlie Day, if you either of you are familiar with, did a commencement ceremony for his college at Merrimack uh, University. And I remember watching this years ago, actually, when I was uh, just graduated high school. And at the time, you know, I think that everyone thought I would probably take a more traditional career path, but I this commencement speech really kind of struck a chord with me because Charlie Day described how he was taking a very serious career path, but what he really loved was comedy, and it got to a point where upon graduation, He was able to actually get a job at a really, really nice like law firm. But at the same time, he pictured himself living in New York City and getting in the comedy scene out there. And he started thinking about in terms of, you know, what you end up doing in life is kind of like, you know, there's luck involved, sure. But like, if you don't do what you want to do, then it's kind of already a compromise of who you are. You know, you may as well go ahead and take the risk. I'd rather fail at being a photographer, at being an artist. I'd rather I'd rather go ahead and fall flat on my face over and over again throughout my life and not do that because not doing that would even be more boring. Like I would be much more happier at least trying and working my way into it. And even though people like family and friends who are supportive to a degree who don't always see it as a career path, you know, what they don't understand is that the the risk that you take doing something that ambitious is a reward in itself because you get a lot more satisfaction in that. And so long as you're thinking and things in those terms, it's almost always going to be the right answer for you whenever you have kind of a fork in the road ahead of you. That the riskier option, so long as you don't have people that you're 
maybe responsible for, or, you know, you, you have to look out for those factors too. But a day, it's, it's a really amazing uh, when you do go off and, and, and take that. So anyways, I think about that quote all the time that I probably paraphrased badly. Yeah, that was good. Like, I never, that was good, yeah. I've never uh, heard that, like, in that kind of way, like, you're already compromising yourself if you just settle. Um, yeah. And, like, that's, like, a really, that does strike a, strike a chord, like, a great chord, because I, I'm, all, I'm so against settling, like, it's, like, yeah. in my bones, so, like, just cut people off that, are, like, say that, I'm, like, and I just tell them to figure it out in a yeah. not so nice way or especially if they try to like tell me why like they've 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 been so bought into like this mentality and this lie that they like they're so happy because of this and I'm like do you realize you have to tell me why you're so happy and like a lot of it is just like based off of really nothing that's like valuable it's like really sad. Like, oh yeah, like I just work with this girl named Susie, and she's just so great. I'm like, you probably talk shit to Susie all day long. Like, don't I? Get that? Like, don't be friends with Susie. Yeah. Sounds like just we're... kidding. We are so sorry, Susie. We love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you your love, but just watch yourself. <laughs> just watch your back. Hey, neither of y'all have been in my world of doing uh, books. Let me tell you, there's like. It's, it's interesting because I think that there's something inside of me too, you know, that just wants to take that leap of faith. But I like what you said about, you know, obviously when you're responsible for others, it changes that, you know, quite a bit. And, you know, I have five children, so, you know, I can't just buy a car and travel around the world. Well, I could, but it would be really, really not the same experience you had in many different ways <laughs> but I think that there are people that are your age though that that can do that and I love what you said about you know just not it's better to fail trying than to not try at all basically like that was legit I love that that's good word I just thank you life is fleeting you yeah. know like you know we got one shot really to do what we want in life and it's like uh, it, it to me it just seems like such a cop out <laughs> yeah. to to go ahead and like take the safe route. So many people do it, you know. You get scared, and I get that. But you yeah. know, when you when you realize the world's not that scary of a place, and you could pull coals and things that you didn't know you could pull coals, and yeah. suddenly have this whole world in front of you yeah. that other people really have and. So, well, and I think that we tend to take the amount of time we have in this world for granted, especially uh, the younger that we are. Because, again, in the future, we will do a podcast about this. But on February 5th of this year, I came about as close to death as you can without actually dying. And I have realized since that day um, that I. I should not be taking time for granted. The time that I have on this earth is a gift and I need to use the gifts that I've been given in this world. And so like, what would you say to that? Like if you had, if you knew, you know, cause none of us know how long we have to live. Right. But if you knew you only had one week left or even one day left, like what would you do different or would you have just done exactly the same thing? 
I think the answer to that question is that you want to already be doing as close to what you would be doing if you only had a week to live. That's the, yeah. So take the plunge. Yep. <laughs> I personally get a little bit sad if I ever have too much structure and too much of my life that's not something I would love to do. But I would be happy if I only had a week to live. And in that week, I was doing exactly what I was already doing because it had made me happy. Yeah, what you were meant to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah. is, a, that's, I love those words. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> yeah, because I can honestly say where I was, I am not doing, built to do, you know. And so I'm kind of pursuing that now. And at my age, that's hard. I think, you know. <laughs> I always say sometimes, like, God must have a sense of humor or something, because, like, you know, 41, I might be starting a new career. That's kind of funny how that works. But um, I think that um, you're not only talking to 20-year-olds or 30-year-olds. You're talking to people that are 40. And I think that it's good a good word for them, even at 40 years old, that you can still go do what you're meant to do. It's not too late. Like, I think that needs to be said, you know, and heard that there's photographers out there that are working as real estate agents or insurance agents or, you know, uh, construction workers that need to be photographers and the world wants to see what they have to offer. So I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Steven, anything to add? (laughs) Um, so Alex, like what would you say, like, as like a tip, like we've been, we've given a lot, a lot of like gold on this episode and I'm I expected that because <laughs> I love the way that you <laughs> things I love the way that you like even if like you're not even trying to like make them sound like they're like just gold like it, it just comes out like that and it's every time I talk to you I feel like I'm talking to like Master Yoda it's like <laughs> <laughs> It is like has like this way of articulating things in a, in a whole new light, and it's it's very evident and like in your approach and like people that do see it, they value it, and people that don't see it, they just are like, "What is he saying?" You know, like so like in that just shooting out the compliments over here. <laughs> He's what? blushing. I know Alex, you don't have to cry. It's no, fine. Don't worry. I'll have you back on later on. You make sure you bring a bunch of tissues, and we'll have you send a speech, and we'll like, <laughs> we'll definitely have you, you know, just commem- commemorate. <laughs> I'm tearing up right now. Tearing up with my, with my baby. Me too. Me too. <laughs> oh, love it. It's coming out of my eyes. Sometimes I wish other people could see the visual and not just hear the podcast because that was great. <laughs> I'll have this video so I can always I think we need to every once in a while I can always uh, put it up there as long as you you get all my good angles I don't have very many so good luck but you're wearing Calvin Klein (laughs) that's a good sign and whatever dude represent okay Calvin Klein CK what's up (laughs) anyway anyways so your question so So your question is is, my question is what would you what would you recommend um practical things for photographers one two what apps do you use regularly other than instagram and other than 
Lightroom and um, yeah, that you would recommend people to use because that's like kind of a typical one for photographers. And obviously Instagram is just, it's just a minefield of hearts and fake likes. <laughs> well, now we got that established. <laughs> You're like, that's my You're way. Instagram so. famous because it means so much. <laughs> oh, crap. Like, <laughs> my favorite app. Well, okay. So, for all those listening who are photographers or who are maybe interested in photography and want to, you know, maybe get something out of of his podcast here i will try my best but i <laughs> i can think of an endless amount of advice or things that i could tell someone else because i seek this out on my own and there's just there's some tea you know that can get poured right now and and some of that right here is uh i would say if whether or not you're a beginner or have been doing this for 20 years and whether or not you're in a slump or not in your creative direction. I can't stress this enough, but shoot, take photos constantly. It, it, it honestly could be in your house, it could be in your room, your kitchen, your bathroom. Get yourself some good lighting and just shoot because uh, often, you'll find yourself really finding inspiration or surprising yourself because out of a lot of the useless photos or whatever you might take, you get these gems from places and moments in the evening that you didn't think you had time to take a photo of. I encourage you to challenge yourself. If you're a photographer, share daily on social media, update your website on a weekly basis, challenge yourself and uphold it tell people what you're doing because that puts some pressure on yourself because you want to show people that you're serious about something you care about. Right. So tell everyone, make a big share daily on social media, every app that you think that is worth sharing your photo, do that because you'll find yourself feeling better that you did that. And you do, it forces you to create, on a more regular basis and that will lift you out of any period maybe even if you're experienced and you're looking to go ahead and move and get better but it's going slow doing that will really improve your situation here so and then another thing is don't prioritize social media at at the end of a day uh, when things happen, such as uh, you're not getting the engagement you're liking on a post or, or you're not getting so many people interacting or commenting on Facebook maybe to your photo and getting down to that because your work's fucking good. It's, it's a great piece of work that you're sharing with people. And don't let yourself get bummed out because of some AI created algorithm doesn't show it to as many people you know or as many people see it at that given time you know it's not like an art gallery where everyone's walking and looking at every exhibit most of the time people are scrolling through a feed for a couple seconds before they get on a bus or after they get off work 
So uh, that's something I feel like we all fall into. I'm guilty of that. And then sharing your work, even if you feel like it's imperfect, because if you're looking for perfection, you will not find it. And if you do find it, it's temporary because you'll get better and you'll find more imperfections on an old piece of work. The important thing is that you need to share your process. People care not only about the work that's being made, but they care about the photographer who's making it oftentimes, especially when it's good. They want to see the imperfections. They don't want to go and see just polished, clean work all the time. You know, they want to see your process and they understand that your work's so amazing to them. You're the only one really seeing that imperfection. You're asking me what apps I'd recommend for like, for like say booking. For, yeah, booking, like what apps you use regularly other than Instagram. Editing, and, traveling. Uh, for, for photography specifically. Yeah. yeah. Well, when it comes down to that, there are a couple apps I have found to be really invaluable to all of it. Uh, Couchsurfing is one of my favorite apps. If you're a photographer and you're trying to travel, download Couchsurfing. That app will change your life. You will meet the most incredible people. They'll hold you in your home. They'll give you a place to stay. And it's free. You don't pay anything. It's just, you know, I, I either find myself staying at a photographer's or a model's house but if I don't have that option, Couchsurfing is my back. So get that app. If you're traveling on a road, download Gas Buddy. Come on, get on board. There's apps for it now. You get gas prices reported. You will never have to spend more on gas than you need to if you download an app like Gas Buddy. Like, is saved me on so many occasions. Um, Snapseed. Okay, we're getting into editing apps. And when it comes to my dog's barking, sorry. It's okay. When it comes to editing, I recommend using Snapseed as a photo editing app if you're sharing on social media because it has enough features to it that can make it really great if you're trying to go ahead and come up with a fast edit that you could downsize to the right size so you're not getting compression loss when you're uploading on social media apps because often what you edit is way too big so snapseed it can be a great tool for there's another app i recommend called unum it's u-n-u-m and it's actually a really interesting app because it lets you curate your instagram feed so you can plan out what your feed looks like ahead of time. Wow. And it gives you a lot of cool features to it. And that app has been pretty helpful for me as far as trying to keep a consistently interesting feed with all the photos I post. And so um, that's one I'd recommend for you. It's like a scheduling uh, app? No, it's like a designing like your templates. Oh, stuff. awesome. Okay. You can, it can show you what your feed will look like. So you can, it'll show you your next six slots, nine slots. Oh, okay, got it. So, but the next app I'd recommend is a template app. 
just like what um what you mentioned it's actually it's a great app it's called unfold it's pretty popular among photographers now and just designers in general on instagram because the templates are really great it's 99 cents for new sets and it gives you a lot of versatility for posting on your instagram stories nice. and tons of other things but it's mostly directed for your stories your highlights it's great if you're trying to um, work on delivering your photos in a really beautiful format with it just it's a great app i recommend it if you are trying to get better at design um unfold is one of my favorite apps and i mean snapseed unfold couch surfing gas buddy i mean those are big ones for me uh of course there's a note app i love called google keep it's one of google's apps for note taking because it has so many useful features that connect to your calendar and your gmail and it's actually so easy to use i've had it since probably 2015 2014 and it is my go-to for trip planning i write down list i make list all the time i make i i screenshot notes like it's just it, there's not too many excessive flares to it it's just useful so i don't know everyone has already an app that they have for notes but i like it yeah google keep <laughs> all right i can go on more apps but those are the ones that like stick, stick out for me those nice. are the yeah. I think. it's like more than i like that was, it um, that was awesome <laughs> that was yeah a big one you got a list. How do people get a hold of you? Like, if you want to get a photograph taken by Alex, how does one get a hold of said Alex? Some of the best ways to get a hold of me is <laughs> DM me on social media. I look at my DM requests every week, and I will try answering as best as I can possible. Um, People who want to shoot, um, whether it's portraits, weddings, band photos, it goes on and on. I have a website. People are welcome to email me from there. And I am happy to do those kind of projects for people. So if you want to contact me or if you have questions or advice or things like that, I'm happy to answer those. Not that I know more than a YouTube video, but you know i have my own perspective on that kind of thing so how far are you willing to travel for your work well as far as they're willing to pay for me so <laughs> nice as long as they have a nice enough couch right <laughs> i mean <laughs> you can fly me across the world if you're paying for my plane ticket uh so but so do you have much like if if i were like okay my daughter's getting married this summer coincidentally she is but do you have availability or are you pretty booked out like how far in advance would somebody need to let you know they they need your services in order to get a spot with you well things like weddings are probably good for a month or two in advance okay. because it gives me time uh and that's usually gives me enough time to book a flight get everything prepared um but i've been booking lately so it 
makes things a lot more open for me. If you're doing portraits, uh, if you're doing engagement photos, if you're doing other type of shoots or in areas that you're interested in having a photographer for, um, I can be available much quicker so long as, like you had mentioned before, the travel's accounted for. So, Awesome. That's awesome. Sweet. And then do a shameless plug. Where can they find you? You said DM you. Where can they find you on Instagram? <laughs> you can DM me on Christmas. All right. Yeah. E-R-E-S-S-M-E-S-S, right? Christmas with an E? <laughs> Christmas with an E. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's my last name, and it's Christmas combined. I made it up in 2013 because I thought I was done. You know, like, I thought it was hilarious. Like, I made a joke to a couple friends, made my new Instagram account. And when I got into photography, I thought I'd change it from Christmas because I thought it was a silly name. But I kept it, and I've become synonymous with my Instagram name. So when I meet people in person, or people find me, say, in Portland, they know who I am. They call me Christmas. It's uh, it's become a name for myself that people give me. Um, I've had photographers who I've really been inspired by who, if I do meet them, they call me Christmas. They're like, oh, you're Christmas. So my <laughs> shameless plug on Instagram is Christmas. It's C-R-E-S-S-M-A-S. It's uh it's pretty simple and my website is solace collective solace was a title of a song that i loved and i actually came up with the term solace collective for a school project when i was doing a a uh, it was like an entrepreneurial class i took a couple years ago and we were doing a contest uh, I, what do you call those when you have a bunch of business proposals? It's kind of like almost like Shark Tank. Yeah, Shark Tank. It's yeah, it's like it's kind of like Shark Tank. You know, you have a panel of judges and uh, it's a competition. And so my team went with my business idea, and we need a name for the business. And I decided to call it Solus Collective. And then I designed a website for it, and then. I worked on that website and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stick with that. And it's, <laughs> it's my plan for, for my more professional side of my work. So it's more of my weddings. I do, uh, it's, it's all kind of different categories that I think real estate fashion for me, Christmas is my creative artistic brand. It's who I am. People hire Christmas for the Christmas kind of work. But Solos Collective is definitely more of your, uh, I would say, your typical <laughs> business route. So Nice. <laughs> all right. Thanks, man. We definitely yeah. appreciate all your time and all your words of wisdom and insight. And also okay. just uh, all, all of the articulation. Like, we definitely want to have you back on later on. Um, and we would just, yeah, we do appreciate all you said, man. Yeah, it'd be cool to see where you're at next time when we talk to you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, yeah. Have me on as a co-host, a guest co-host. Oh, my gosh. We totally have to do that. The guest co-host. That'd be so yeah. fun. You, you, we... got, you got time to be a co-host, too? <laughs> of yeah. course I do. I've, I've, I've listened to enough podcasts every week to where I always, like, 
imagine myself being one of those co-hosts that gets named. Oh, I have the best host. idea ever. You guys can interview me finally whenever I finally have the guts to tell my story. All right. So uh, next fun. week. Next week. Oh, okay, <laughs> Sunday. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, but someday. That'd be sweet. Because we, yeah. we would need another co-host, right? This is perfect. Yeah, exactly. I well, think that'd be people, sweet. People who listen to a podcast have to know who the host are and care about those hosts. And so their stories have to be told at some point. I you care know, about so. you, Christmas. So already there, man. <laughs> you both have been filling me up with hot air right now. I'm actually tethered <laughs> to the ground with ropes. Because <laughs> I would be at the ceiling of my room. <laughs> hey, we like we like that. It's good. It's a good. It's good to encourage other other creatives because in the creative field, there's there's encouragement, but there's definitely that other side. And so I feel like when you see somebody with your talent, then that should be celebrated and noted. So I appreciate your talents. Yeah. <laughs> Next time we check in, hopefully there's more progress to be made. So. Exactly. Yep. Totally. Well, I think you know. I hope people go check out your Instagram because it was mesmerizing. I'm excited to check out your other website as well, just to see kind of the two sides um, of that. That's kind of cool. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I dare somebody to to check out your Instagram. It's like like when you buy a bag of potato chips and eat one, you can't stop, right? I dare somebody to go and look at one picture and not keep going. It's not possible. Well, you know what they say, my uh, men's guarantee is 70% error. <laughs> Just like potato chips, you open up the bag. Yeah. Well, I had friends. I had friends over the other night. One of my friends, I was like, "You gotta check this out. Check out these pictures. Like, this is gonna be so awesome. We're interviewing this guy on Monday, and I'm stoked." And like, he started looking. He's like, "Holy smokes! Like, those are really good. Like, I mean, you can't not give credit where credit is due." So, yeah. oh, guys, these ropes are starting to break. I'm gonna. <laughs> Good. You'll sleep All well right. just knowing that we appreciate your work and what I'll you I'll be sleeping so keep, on a keep ceiling. Going. Yeah. Keep going, and you're doing very well. Well, thank you. Help me reach 10,000, all right? Oh, hey, next we'll throw a party. It'll be fun. All right. Hosted <laughs> <laughs> by the, the host of, of our local New Portland podcast every year. All right, so let's, let's go ahead. Eggs oh. and our dozens of fans. We're going to hook you up. <laughs> Sounds great.